Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's Podgo at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. And always remember to take it easy. What is going on, everyone? This is Ryan from Above the Hook. We appreciate you tuning in to Profile Pod TV. Like the Above the Hook crew always says, stick around and get hooked. All right, all right, we are live. Welcome to Profile Pod TV. Sorry about the, uh, the technical difficulties there. We're back. We are live. Welcome, welcome, wherever you're tuning in from. Uh, thank you so much for being here, man. We got a great show in store for you tonight. Our special Thanksgiving edition, and um, of Profile Pod TV, man. Want to real quick, real quick. Uh, last night, uh, want to thank you guys for for coming on uh, the social hour with Profile Pod TV, hosted by Double A, man. That was a great, great show, man. That was a great show uh, last night, man. Great uh, gathering, networking. A lot of people came through, man. We had about 30 people. And then uh, Instagram, freaking Instagram shut me off because I played, uh, I forget what song played on. I was playing some music too. And uh, if it, it's just, you know, some of you probably been there, done that. It just abruptly, suddenly cuts you off, man. I had some great, great uh, footage. We had uh, special shout outs to um, uh, Cali Girl Eats came on. She came on and, and, and promoted some stuff, um, some uh, benefits and some other stuff she was doing. Uh, also, big shout out to Social Nostra. Check out that podcast, a big podcast, man. So um, also my man Fidel out of the Talking Again podcast out of West Covina. He came also came on and chatted up. Uh, we, we chopped it up about his podcast and um, supposed to do that podcast as well. In the future so man big shout out to you guys and everybody who was in the comments real successful night man successful night and uh, you know we had a lot of a lot of you come in man so um much appreciation there uh so tonight we're doing it a little bit different man we i'm also live on instagram right now so doing uh the double whammy it's a simulcast if you will so we got a lot of people in the, in the comments already uh henry what's up mega man's in the house Roni Roan, what's going on, man? You guys are uh, awesome for being here. So it's Sunday night, man. Sunday night, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. It's always uh, traditionally, it's always been a big night for myself. You know, family night. You know, we get the, for me, I, I get the week off from work. So um, I'm gonna kind of take off the week, you know, from doing the podcast, disconnect a little bit, spend some time with the family, and do that good stuff. So uh, want to welcome everybody on Instagram. What's up, everyone? On Instagram Live, you guys are awesome for being here, man. And uh, just uh, what else we got? Don't forget to subscribe to Profile Pod TV. I'm trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. <laughs> um, so you know, do me a favor, support the podcast, support the show, support the channel. 
Uh, I'd really appreciate it. If you haven't already, if you already subscribed, thank you so much, man. Thank you guys. So that's big, man. That's big. Much appreciation there. Just, you know, go to profile pod TV in the search, click on the red button and then that's it. You're good. You know? So thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Next next month we got some really really cool stuff. We're gonna finish out the year strong, man. Finish out the year strong. We got um, some really good guests coming up, man. We got Mega Man coming on. We got uh, the Hood Santa. Uh, we got the Speak Your Minds out of Lexington, Kentucky. They are uh, a talent agency uh, where they uh, have models and and performers. So that's gonna be big, man. I'm really looking forward to that. We're gonna finish off the year, so. Um, um, so first things first though, we got our guest tonight of the evening. This man is, uh, from Los Angeles. Um, oh, oh, one more thing. One more thing. Don't forget besties chat podcast coming soon, coming soon. You, you guys know, uh, Penelope Ray's boutique, Rachel Loetta. She is the, uh, CEO of that website of that, uh, boutique. So she's going to start her own podcast with three of her friends and I can't wait can't wait to have that uh, to have that come to fruition. So we're going to talk about that soon, but that's coming soon, guys. Uh, so yeah, what's up? What's up? Above the hook is in the house, just back from Louisiana. What's up, bro? Back from Bayou Country. In the house. So I see you, uh, Bam 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 Bam, General Public Podcast on on I, the IG Live here. What's up, Rick? Chef Adrian's in the house. Shit, man. All the chefs are in the house tonight, man. We're going to eat good. We're going to eat good tonight, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's right, Mega Man. December is going to be solid, man. So tonight, man, we got our great guest here. This man, like I was saying, he's from Los Angeles. He hails from Los Angeles. Former, uh, he's a uh, former veteran, uh, former Marine, United States uh, Marine Corps veteran is in the house. He uh, he has a great story, man. He's he's been uh, all over the world. He's he's been a chef in many parts of the world. Specializes in multiple cuisines. Um, I can't wait to hear his story, man. Guys, without further ado, please welcome my guest of the evening, right here, first time on Profile Pot TV, Mister David Velez. Welcome, sir. What's up, guys? How you doing? What's up, man? What's up, Andy? What's going on, bro? How's it going, bro? Chilling, dude. Sunday night, having That's a beer. That's right, man. Oh, look, I love the cup, man. Love that cup you got. Represent. Oh, bro. Hey, God heard my uh, my cries from the last couple of years when we were almost there, and then He said, "Dude, yeah. you know, you know what's amazing about this 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 time around, bro? How superstitious I got. Like, <laughs> sure. I got so. I'm serious, man. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'll do whatever it fucking takes to get that that ring back, man, from 1980." You know, first time since 88. Are you kidding me, bro? I got so much. Like, I've, I've been a huge Dodger fan for years, for years. Growing up in L.A., uh, my father was very big into sports here in the community. Uh, my father trained a lot of guys uh, coming up through the system. Um, There's a lot of scouts that would come specifically to him to train people for the Dodgers organization. And I just love the Dodgers. Been around them for years. Amazing. My kids are huge Dodger fans. My wife is kind of like a... She's not into sports that much, but she'll support, you know. But I got so much trash talk to me from my little daughter, Sophia, in the last couple of years. Oh, they always make it there, and then nothing happens there. So in this year, I'm like, oh, you little, mm, toma. You know, I was like, <laughs> like, 
She was like, Dad, but I love the Dodgers. I said, that's, that's all that matters, baby. It, you know, man, it, it's like uh, every single Dodger fan, Dodger dad, you know, went through the same thing right there, man. What you just Dude. described, millions of, of fathers, man, just going through that. And uh, finally got over the hump, got the monkey off our back, man. And, uh, yeah, bro, I was, I was like freaking – I was chanting to the baseball guys. I was praying in the morning. I was doing all God, please <laughs> let him win one more, man. Just like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Greg Campbell's in the house. What's up, man? Appreciate you being here, Greg Campbell. Uh, yeah, man. So, oh, remember, guys, this is an interactive show. Uh, if you guys have a question for, for David, our, our, our guest, uh, I'll do the best I can to post it on the screen, and then uh, we'll, we'll address the question or comment. So don't forget about that, man. Uh, Raiders, oh, Raiders winning or what? Someone said Raiders. I think they won. No, they, they won. They won. Or they're playing right now. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm a Rams fan, so I don't, I don't, I don't follow. Right, but. <laughs> hey, hey, David, man. Uh, so, what, man, what's going on, bro? How's uh, how was your weekend so far, man? Good, dude. So far, just hanging out with the kids, finishing up uh, mole. I was telling you about uh, four day mole. Just uh, um, came off the stove probably a couple hours ago, two three hours ago. Really, it, it uh, cooked for about three to four days um, overnight, like waking up at two or three in the morning just to stir the thing, checking it out, tasting it, adding some more uh, uh, ingredients to it, adding some more liquid, reducing the hell out of it, just going at it. And uh, my my wife's my biggest critic when it comes to mole because she grew up eating it. She's like, oh, your moles aren't traditional. I don't like it. Today, she was like, yo, that shit's bomb. So I'm super, <laughs> happy, super happy about the way it came out tonight, for real. It, it, it uh, what, what was the style of the mole, man? Is it, is it more sweet? Is it more spicy? So this is my take on a mole poblano. Um, it has a lot of the same ingredients. Majority of the ingredients that go into mole poblano is just cooked a little bit different. I do add a couple of extra chiles. Um, I also, in this batch, I added a little bit of chipotle for a little smoke, a little nice, a little heat, not too much. Um, and uh, my, my father went down to Oaxaca. I was like last year or the year before, and he brought me back some amazing uh, um, Oaxacan chocolate. Last year, well, last year, brought me some amazing Oaxacan chocolate. And uh, dude, this stuff is, is amazing. It's really like, I was impressed. I'm like, yo, I don't know if it's going to be okay. I wrapped it up. And it was cryovac, and it was amazing. So it added on a really good flavor. So the balance, the flavors are, are, are balanced everywhere. You really taste everything. Um, I, I, do it, I do it a little bit different. I'm not a traditional mole person. My, my grandmother never grew up making mole. My mother's from El Salvador, so she, she, you know, she fucked. She probably didn't even know what mole was, so she got here. You know, uh, <laughs> I mean, she knew she liked it when she tasted it. But uh, um, I do it a, a little different. I get all the ingredients. I get it all that's done the same way, but I reduce it and I puree the heck out of it afterwards, and then I, I sift it. I get the sediment that's on there, and it still has an amazing flavor. So then I, I add a little bit more liquid onto it, puree the hell out of it again. Add that onto the rest of the mole, trying to extract as much flavors as possible, and just uh -huh. reducing, reducing, reducing it to get that essence of mole. And it's really interesting the way that it changes over the days. You know, you could take it off the first day and you're like, "Yo, this is good," but let it go two, three, four days. Uh, um, the longest it's taken me to do this one was I want to say five to six days. Um, really? Just, yeah, just because you're playing around with different temperatures, different techniques. You know, um, this one I was actually very surprised. It, it was uh -huh. done in, in about four days, and the flavors that came out in it, the flavors I was able to extract out of it were phenomenal. You know, you can see my kitchen in the back, it's white. I had to fucking clean that shit, popping everywhere. You know, uh, you walk away for a little bit, mole starts, boom, just popping. So um, it, was, it, was, it was pretty fun, dude. I really enjoyed that. 
Oh man, that sounds like uh, I wish I could taste that, man. Because my I remember my mom used to make it, and she used to make the spicy, you know, Colorado, yeah. um, mole Colorado, you know, and she would make it over um, with chicken, with shredded chicken, chicken mm -hmm. and, and it was really good. Now, do you, do you um, put it? Uh, what do you put it on, man? Oh, this one traditionally, you know, a lot of people use beef, chicken and pork. Um, this one that I made, the way, the reason why I made it this way is because. I want to incorporate it in, um, I want to use that mole more as a base to incorporate in different items, different, different ingredients, different meats, different proteins. And, uh, uh it gives me the, the versatility to be able to change it up for a beef, for a chicken, for a pork, for a duck. It'll be an, it'll be amazing with the duck. Um, you know, so, uh, I want to play with it. I just want to play with it, uh, getting ready for, you know, stuff to come. Who knows what happens? Uh, trying to, trying to perfect that, that recipe, that dish. But uh, um, I made I made like three other ones the last week. I posted it on Instagram. I think I made a, a rojo. I made a um, quick mole from uh, not really mole, more of a, more of a chile rojo salsa from uh, the region of Michoacan, where my grandfather was from. You know, rest in peace, abuelito, love you. Uh, um, it was a uh, that one's more of a, a straight up. That was a straight up vegan dish. Everything was vegan. It comes with a lot of squash, with a lot of roasted corn. Um, and, and just bringing the mm. into it. Yeah, dude, it's, it's, I'm a big dude. I, I weigh 300 pounds. I'm a big guy, but I love vegetables and, and the versatility of this mole, you know, this mole that I made right here, it's also, uh, um, it could be done vegan. You know, I did add a little chicken stock to it, but you can take it off if you don't want to, um, and, and use, use chocolate that doesn't have any milk, milk fats, you know, uh, milk solids added into it. So it's very versatile and it's, it's something, it's something for me, that's a passion. Uh, cooking, being a chef in LA, I never really had the opportunity to cook Mexican food because I was always cooking Italian food or French food. And and recently, going back into the roots since my uh, my grandfather passed away, digging in, talking to my grandmother about you know recipes from from where he's from, and then going up and growing grow, growing up in, in in LA, you're about two hours away from Baja. I have to go to Baja every weekend with my dad and just hang out and eat great food. So really, recently right. just. Recently, just the memories of everything is just coming back and something that I'm really into right now. Oh man, that's that sounds great, man. That sounds great. Speaking of vegan, man, I real quick, I, I have you had uh, there's this place in East LA, vegan Sochil, uh, Sochil uh, vegan. Is it the, heard of that? the torta place? No, yeah. man, I, they have. It is have a pretty. What's that? I think it is. Like, a, it might be, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. I, I've seen it. I, I haven't been there myself. Um, I really. Yeah. Uh, I'm really, I'm not that I'm picky, I'm picky where I go. It's just, I really don't go out that much to eat because I'm always usually busy, but, uh, um, I have seen it. I have seen, I, I saw a, a video that they made for the place. Um, it looks great. I want to try it out. Uh, um, but yeah, it's a, I believe it's a torta place. They have a, um, their mascot is like a bird, right? Yeah. Something, something, uh, exactly, man. But yeah. yeah, I'm just curious if you tell you, cause I know you're in that area, but Hey bro, you said you're 300 pounds. How, much, how tall are you, bro? Oh shit! I'm five ten. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was bigger. I'm just curious. I was bigger. Uh -huh. dude. I pushed up to three seventy five after the Marine Corps. I pushed up. Really? I, yeah, I got big. I lost. Uh, I lost seventy something pounds. I got down to like two ninety something, and then I stopped working out. Which I, I, every every Monday I tell myself, "Fuck it, Monday I'm gonna go back," because <laughs> I start I started hitting it hard again. Really, lose, I dropped seventy five pounds. My, my goal is to get down to at least one. I'm sorry, uh, uh, two sixty, two sixty five. Um, you know, uh, uh, that's my personal goal. I wish I could go more, but I'll be happy with that. 
but uh, um, eating right, dude, like like uh, um, I stopped eating a bunch of crap. I started eating organic, uh, organic chicken, free range beef, mm. the best pork possible. Every you know uh, from sustainable growers, from from awesome sources, and that's really. I've lost a lot of weight. My kids have lost a lot of weight. My wife has lost a lot of weight just by taking out a bunch of the hormones that we have in the food. Oh man, yeah, that's great. That's great. Have you guys done any? Uh, um, you said organic. Any 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 vegan stuff? Any plant based uh, diets have, that you tried tried out? You know, my, so my wife has rheumatoid arthritis, um, and she's uh, uh, the doctor told her, "Hey, go vegan." And that'll help you out a lot, right? So we, she went vegan for a while. Me, I love vegetables, but fucking, I, I love, I love the fat from, from, from pigs and 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 beef and you know chicken. I love all that stuff, right? But uh, we have tried it. I do cook for her. I do cook for her, like sometimes separately, uh, um, uh, just some some different vegan options. But uh, um, you know, the cool thing is incorporating vegan food into my daily food. And giving it to my kids, and they're them not bitching and complaining. You know, um, I, like I said, I, I, work, I was working on a dish on Friday with a or Thursday with the uh, um, was roasted roasted uh, corn the way my grandfather would put it straight up in the husk on the parrilla. Um, some baby zucchini, summer squash, and then I used a salsa on there, and I cooked it. I made everything beautiful for them. They loved it, and my daughter was like, "Dad, this is great." And I go, "Hey, there's no meat on there." She's like. <laughs> You know, she was like, okay, cool. She, she, she was like, that's great. Awesome. She loved it. About 10 minutes later, 10 minutes later, she goes, Hey, so about those steaks. Oh, okay. Let's go put them on. <laughs> Can't forget them. Yeah. It was good for five minutes. Right. Uh, yeah. We, we, we've been uh, here in my household. We've been dabbling with a lot, a lot of vegan stuff, plant-based and um, I have a close personal friend who's a diehard vegan. And uh, he, so I taste a lot of his um, food, bro. And, yeah, some of it, man. You can't taste the difference whatsoever, man. It's really Dude, interesting. It's really interesting. Vegan, so if you think about a lot of the stuff that we eat and drink, there's zero animal uh -huh. in here. You know, there's, there's what? Zero animal products into it. And people don't understand that. Yeah. You know, like, uh, uh, let's take the mole that I just made, right? It, it's it, uh, This one's not vegan because it has a little chicken stock in it. But if I were to not put the chicken stock and just use water, the flavors of the chili itself are are sufficient enough to balance everything out you don't need that right um right right you don't taste that stuff there's different so many items you know there's uh as an italian chef uh so i just the other day i was like yo i don't put any animal fat into this pasta i don't put anything that's not on there you know it's 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 uh flour it's uh, um you know uh, um there's flour it's it's it's, it's vegetables olive oil you know, I was like, fuck, you don't need to really need anything else on it. You know, um, the, th the big thing for us is actually, you know, when you taste it, yeah, it's great. Sometimes you kind of crave that animal fat, you know, you're like, because yeah. your palate's <laughs> right? But, We've had it our whole lives, yeah. Yeah, but then, know, right? then you're like, dude, like, you know, if I was back in, you know, if I was, well, if I wasn't as fortunate as I am now, um, I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to afford meat every day, you know. Um, right. my, favorite, my favorite thing to eat in the world is, Rice and beans and 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 uh, uh, platanos, you know, fried bananas. Oh yeah, beans, total vegan dish, <laughs> and I would eat that every yeah. day all day without any, you know, like I wouldn't even miss the meat, you know. But that's you got to think about it. Sometimes you're like, yo, yeah, I really don't need it sometimes. Yeah, no doubt, bro. Hey, real quick, man, for those of you on Instagram live watching, um, I totally forgot about the audio, man. So if you guys want to come watch the uh, show on YouTube, check it out. Uh, come on over to YouTube. We're live with David Velez. We're a renowned Los Angeles chef right now. 
Profile Pod TV is the channel. Just type in Profile Pod TV. We'll see you guys over here, so you can hear the uh, the action here, hear the conversation. So, um, so David, you you grew up in, in in LA in Maywood, right? No, I grew up in the city of Bell. I grew up uh, right next oh, to Bell. Yeah, uh, born oh, Bell. Excuse me. Yeah, born and raised in Bell. I lived in Bell my entire life. Um, I live in in, in Walnut Park now, uh, so it's the next town over. You know. Uh, um, okay. Born, born and lived in this area since I was a kid, dude. I went to school in Bell, went to school in Maywood, Nimitz, I went to Bell High. Um, the only time I ever really left was when I was in the military, you know, uh, boot camp, and then going back, going to Iraq. Um, you know, that's the only time I ever really left this area. I love this area. I, I plan on staying in this area my entire life, man. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. That's home sweet home. What, um, so what was it like growing up in that area, bro? Dude, it was, so I grew up in the city of Bell. I grew up, I didn't know this until I was probably about 14, but I guess I grew up on the worst street in the city of Bell. I grew up, uh, yeah, I, I grew up on Gage Avenue, but right next to Gage Avenue, literally uh, 20 feet away is a street called Chancellor. Um, okay. And, and I didn't know this again until I was older. The police in Bell, when they, when they hear the word Chancellor, um, they're sending four, five, six units because it was a rough area. Um, you know, there was a lot of gang members around the corner from my from my area, there's a lot of gang members. Um, it was kind of rough, you know, you, you, as a kid, you grow up and you see, I remember junior high was the first time I was ever really exposed to any kind of violence and stuff, you know, the, uh, growing up in, in, in going, to, going to junior high in Nimitz, that was the first time mm -hmm. I saw by, first time I saw somebody stab, you know, and Jeez. you're like, yeah, you start thinking, you're like, wow, you know, and then um, it, it was, it was difficult. It was different back then. Now, now it's, it's, it's way better. You know, the, the police did a, uh, they did a lot of shady things to get rid of these people. I'm not going to lie. I see them beat the crap out of, out of, out of Cholos on the street. Um, was mm -hmm. it right? No, um, it wasn't right. I'm not justifying it. But what I'm saying is it did clean up a lot of the area, man. Um, and, and I was very fortunate. I, I had a parents that would never let us stray from the right path. You know, my mom was, yeah. my mom was a mean, mean lady. If you, you got in her way, she would run you over, you know? She didn't play, huh? No. Nope. And how many uh, how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have siblings? one. Sister. I have one sister. She's uh, her name's Tonya Velez. She uh, was work. She works at uh, she worked at Cal State. Uh, was at Cal State Fullerton for about uh, fifteen years. Um, and now she's at Cal State. Uh, was it? I'm sorry. Um, Long Beach City. Um, got okay. her master's degree. Um, you know, trying to help out the community yourself. Big activist. Um, you know, fights for 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 what she believes in. Marches in, in LA and protests. Marches in LA for for International Women's Day, Latino uh, Awareness uh, Day, uh, Immigration Awareness. You know, uh, um, we grew up doing all that stuff. My kids grew up as as activists with my sister, holding signs, marching down the streets, saying, "Hey, no one left behind. Everybody's everybody's one." You know. Oh, very cool, man. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So going back to your you know your early years, bro. You know, um, elementary school middle school, high school, when, when, wherever. Was there ever a time where you, um, I mean, where you had to defend yourself? Um, where you, you know, you were nervous, you were, I mean, you felt scared or whatever. And I mean, you just had to freaking, you had to throw down, bro. Yeah, dude, I, I would get into fights every now and then, man. Uh, elementary school, I got into several, junior high. High school, not so much, because I was scared to death of my mom. <laughs> I was scared. My mom was like, "You get in a fight, you better beat the crap out of him. Because if not, I'm gonna beat the crap out of you when you get home." Oh, you know, yeah. But but yeah, I, I got told that one too, man. But was there every time where you had to? I mean, you just had to defend yourself, bro. You were kind of yeah. There was there the was, corner. There was, there was a lot of times, man. There was a lot of times where I had to defend myself, and 
there was more times where I had to just stand my ground and be like, all right, you want to throw down? Let's throw down. And then when you put your hands up and you're ready, um, I did martial arts all my life. I was uh, actually uh, uh, second ranked in California. Uh, I didn't want to go to the Marine Corps. I, wanted to, I was supposed to go to the Olympics uh, and do uh, a Taekwondo. And then I got my shoulder dislocated and I lost my window and I ended up joining the Marines. But I grew up like, because of me getting into fights as a kid and having to defend myself, my mom would put me in karate and, and karate, taekwondo, and it was something that I just thrived at. And then I learned you uh, know, right away that, hey, I'm not supposed to be using this just to, just to use it, but uh, yeah. as a self-defense. And, and I always stood up for myself, even to this day, even if someone, some gigantic guy that wants to talk smack and, and, and be disrespectful and, and, and bully somebody, if I need to stand there and take an ass whooping, that's fine. I'm going to take an ass whooping, but you're going to be hurt tomorrow too. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. No, it, it, so how long did you do the, uh, the the martial arts? I did it for I did it for close to ten years. I how old were you when you started? I started when I was eight, and then I stopped until I was. I started from eight till ten. Stopped from ten. Got back into it at thirteen. Okay. And then and then from thirteen until uh, um, I graduated high school. Started from thirteen till about I want to say sixteen was when I got really serious. And then when I turned 17, I was training. I would literally, I had only two classes left. I was good, good at school. I only had two more classes that I needed to do to graduate. So in the morning, I would wake up, drive to the gym, work out, um, go, back to, go back to school, get off, go back to the gym, work out, get back, go to work, and then go, go to training. Um, like I said, my, my whole thing was I wanted, to, I wanted to wear an Olympic gold medal. I wanted to go there, represent my country, represent my people, represent you know, the Southeast area um, and, and, and be there and wear a gold medal or whatever medal. And then I, I, I was in a tournament. I was a tournament and I got sucker punched after, after the bell rang. My shoulder dislocated. They popped it back into place. I beat the crap out of the guy. And then I just, I just, I had, they're like, Hey, you're hurt. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna miss several months. And I only had like a two month window until uh, the national tryouts where you had to go fight a bunch of people from around the nation. And, and I missed it. Oh, that's a guy. So, okay. So what, what happened there, man? The, the, the whistle blew or whatever. Whistle blew. So they throw, oh. they throw this, they throw this, um, they, they, they bang on these, on these sticks, boom, boom, boom. And then they hit the, the whistle and then they throw something in the mat to, to, Hey, you're done. Referee goes in there. So I'm about to punch this guy and I see it and I stop. Everybody stops. The guy, the, the ref's reaching in and then the guy just punches me illegal punch on my shoulder. So, oh man, yeah, man, it was, you know, you're just like, oh, I can keep going. I did. I kept going and I ended up winning the, the fight, but you know, I didn't, it didn't compute right away. Dude, you're going to be done for a couple months. You're going to miss your window. You know, so Terrible. after that, I was just like, fuck, what am I going to do? You know, I, yeah. was, I was good at school. I wasn't, I wasn't always the, the, you know, the sharpest tool in the shed or the sharpest crane in the box, you know? So, um, you know, serving my country was something that I always wanted to do. I was, I always um, felt pride in that. You know, my father came here and documented, um, and and my mother came here, um, and everything my father was able to do, everything this country was able to provide for me growing up, I was so grateful. So I, I said, hey, you know what? I want to join the, the military, um, and I ended up joining the Marine Corps. And what year did you join? Two thousand and one, right before. Okay. okay. Right before 9-11? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, I think you're a little bit you're a little bit younger than I am. Um 
Or maybe a lot younger than I am. I don't know. I, I graduated high school in 94. Fuck, fool. Yeah, I'm a lot younger. <laughs> 94? <laughs> yeah, you're about yeah. eight years older than I am. Yeah. Okay, so you graduated. Oh, that's right. You graduated in 02. That's right. You, we had this yeah. conversation. 01. 01. Oh one, oh one, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. No, I was gonna, I was gonna get into Karate Kid a little bit, man, because you know. Oh, hey, what's you know, up? You know, my body man. But I don't think you were. No, you weren't born. Oh, that, 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 I think that movie came out the year you were born, bro, or maybe well, it came before, out yeah, after. It came out in eighty two. Yeah. Eighty four. I know all that shit. Dude. I love that book. Yeah. I can verbatim tell you everything from that movie, dude. <laughs> I was gonna say, did that movie inspire you at all? You know, to, to get into the martial arts, but. Like, but you're, you're too young, man. You know. you know what? For me, the big inspiration for martial arts, honestly, was growing up watching um, what is it, Kung Fu? Uh, uh, Kung Fu: The Legend Continues with David. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, old Bruce Lee movies. You know, I used to be religiously on it. You know, uh, watching that. Uh, that's what really got me into it. You know, and then I, I, my mom took me to a class, and I was like, "Wow, this is awesome." You know, I wanted to hit things. I wanted to break things. I wanted to fucking to to, to be there and do that. And and yeah. that's what got me into it. No doubt, man. What about all those ninja? Remember all the ninja movies from the eighties, dude? Revenge of the Ninja, Return of the Ninja, Return of the Ninja, Revenge of the Ninja Part Two. Oh, dude, hell yeah! American, American Ninja. American Ninja. Oh, oh man! I used to wear my Plastic. hair when I was a kid. What's that? I used to wear my hair like I'm David. David. Um, what was his name? Fuck. From American Ninja? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the actor. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? The, the white, the white guy. I like that guy. Yeah. Oh, uh, what's his name? Michael uh, Dudikoff. Michael, Michael Dudikoff. Is that it? Dudikoff. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I got yeah. it, man. Oh, dude, those are classic movies, bro. I mean, oh, yeah. and then, remember Jackson in the background? Yeah. Oh. That was my boy right there, dude. That was my boy Jackson. Love that. Unbelievable, guy. man. Yeah, all those movies, man, were, you know, they were so inspirational, everybody. And then we had, I mean, the 80s had everything, bro. The 80s had, we had BMX, we had uh, motocross, we had, you know, martial arts, we had skateboarding, everything, bro. Volleyball movies, baseball, basketball, football, what's that? Shit ton of cocaine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, remember the movie Less Than Zero? Dude, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Dude, I love oh, that. Dude, oh, you, you get older, right? Like me, I, I for me when I was a kid, I said, "Fuck the '80s, suck." '80s suck. '90s, you know, Generation X, Generation was it? Uh, um, the Seattle Sound. I was big into grunge, and then you go back and you're like, "Yo, dude, the '80s were pretty fucking cool," you know. They, oh, dude! If you look yeah. at my look at my collection on on like um, what is it? Apple TV. All the movies that I bought, I think a majority of them are from the '80s. Beverly Hills Cop, the whole series. Um, dude, uh, what else I got? My, my oh, I love dude, they're awesome. I love those, I love all those movies. Ferris Bueller's Days Off, I mean, oh, Breakfast dude. Club, Pretty in Pink, 16 Candles. Uh, it just it goes on and on, bro. Yeah. It just goes on and on. I just I mean, got back, into, back just, to school, got my daughter into oh, back to school, one of my all time favorite. I love, I love him, dude. He got, I got no respect. I love that guy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to college, you know, he's like, I'm going oh. to college. Yeah, I love that guy. Uh, what's his name? What's his name? Um, Rodney. Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield, bro. Yeah. No, that, that dude no good crazy. stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff, David, man. But uh, yeah, man. So, so okay. So, um, and by the way, everybody on Instagram Live, come check out the, the live stream on YouTube. Uh, we're speaking with David Velez, Los Angeles renowned chef. 
the channel is called Profile Pod TV. Check out the live stream right now on YouTube, guys. So um, you can't hear the audio. I made a mistake. My bad. So check us out on on uh, on uh, YouTube right now. Okay, Jay Lewis, what's up, bro? What's up, everyone? Um, so yeah, man. So okay, so take us. You're back. Uh, you graduated from high school, and you, you were. Did you already know that you were going to the Marine Corps, or was it kind of something that uh, you wanted to serve your country? You always wanted to do that. I was already. Uh, um, it's called the Deber. It was in the Deb system. Oh yeah, de uh, uh, delayed entry program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was already in the, the, the delayed entry program, um, and then I was working out. I remember being at the gym working out when 9/11 happened. Then I remember coming home, and my my mom was crying, and she was like, "You know, we're going to war. You're gonna go." I go, "Wait." I mean, I didn't. I when I signed up, there wasn't there wasn't a war. You know, it's like. What can I do? You know, when you you sign on that dotted line, you know that that that's something that you might have to go through. You know, it's one of those things that nobody ever wants to go through, but it's always there's always an option there. You know, that's always something that might happen. So I remember, I remember being a little nervous. You know, who knows what was going to happen? Um, who who knows who knows what was going to happen? But uh, I remember my parents being really scared. You know, as I'm their only son. You know, if something happens, I go out there and I die, you know, stuff like that. But uh, um, uh, also meant, I, I, you know, if it wasn't for the Marine Corps, I, dude, if it wasn't for the Marine Corps, I probably wouldn't have anything in my life. They taught me so much. They gave me discipline. Um, they allowed me to to find the, find myself, find more about, push myself to the limits, you know, to know that when you think you're done, you know, you still got some more to go. Oh, yeah, bro. I, I mean, um I went in right after about six months after high school, bro. I, I went to the Navy and uh, that was never like in my, you know, my plan, bro. I, I, uh, I graduated from high school, didn't know what the hell I was going to do with my life. Uh, my fault, you know, should have, should have prepared, planned better. Uh, I mean, hi I mean, hindsight's 2020, right? Uh, but I knew I wasn't going to go to school. I wasn't going to take college seriously. I was like, man, I had a couple cousins that were already, one was a military, uh, a Marine. Mm -hmm. One was a, Another one was Navy, so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like my cousins, man. They're, they, if they could do it, I could do it. I'm I'm leaving, man. I'm out of here. And uh, I, I signed up in July, and then I got orders to take off in December. So I had a few months, man. I was just kicking it, you know, chilling, waiting my time out. And yeah. everybody was trying to get me to stay, bro. Nobody nobody agreed yeah. with it, man. And I mean, uh, I, mean, that, I think you know, back now, I, I I feel bad for my mom, man. I think looking back now, go ahead. I said, you know, um, my generation. Probably, you know, our parents are probably close to around the same age. They probably, you know, their stories, stories are very similar coming to this country, looking for a better life. Um, yeah, yeah. They're, whatever they heard about the military, you know, oh, they don't care about you. You're going to be the first one out there. You're Latino. You're going to die. Um, yeah, I heard the same thing, you know. Um, I heard the same thing. And, and it, it, you know, it's, it's for me anyways, in my situation, it wasn't true. Like, my guys that I was there, dude, we... We we became like family, you know. We became like family. Every single person looked out for each other. Um, yeah. You go through the best times of your life together. You go through the worst times of your life together. And when something bad happens to somebody there, they're the only ones that are there for you, you know. So you 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 have that bond. And uh, um, I I always felt with my marine brothers and sisters, I always felt welcomed. I always felt now now even now I I I still I keep in contact with 
with pretty much all of them. And, you know, we never leave, we never, you know, leave each other alone. We always talk, we always check up on each other. How you doing? Hey, how's everything going? You need help? You know, like what's going on? You need to talk to somebody, you know? Um, and, and it's, it was, like I said, the greatest, greatest time of my life, the worst time of my life. That, no doubt, man. No doubt. Yeah, it was, it was quite the experience, man. If you've never been in the military, you know, it is a, it is a world on, on its own, man. It's uh it's quite the experience. Right. Uh, yeah. It, I remember my first time, you know, I flew onto the ship, man. I was, a, uh, yeah, man, it was, oh, scared the shit out of me. I was uh, stationed up in Washington and I get to why I report, you know, I leave boot camp, go to my school, come home for a couple of weeks before I reported to my duty station. Right. And I was stationed up near Seattle, Puget Sound Naval Shipyard, Bremerton, Washington. And uh, it was time to go. You know, it was time to go. So I flew up and lo and behold, my ship's out to sea in uh, off the coast of San Diego. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, shit. So they tell me, OK, we're going to fly you down. And so we flew, flew us to San Diego and then uh, we get to the, the base down in San Diego. They flew us from the base out to the ocean to meet the uh, aircraft carrier Nimitz. And uh, I remember thinking like, holy shit, man. this is real right here. This is some real shit. You know, so I'm on a cargo ship, uh, cargo ship, cargo plane, and um, and I, you know, we're we're hovering around the, the we're approaching the the carrier, and I look down, man, I'm like, holy shit, man, this is, and I see the ocean, and I see the, I, I caught a glimpse of the, the carrier, and so we come we come down, right? We come down, we touch down, we miss the arresting gear, boom, fucking missed it. We had to come back around again. We did the circle, man. At this time, at this point, I'm just like. Shit and bricks, man. Shit and bricks. This, this, yeah, 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 bro. And then did it again. Finally land, bro. And just it's like a roller coaster times ten, bro. It's just like, you know, you come to a sudden stop, and then there it is, man. That was how my career began. But yeah, it, you know, like I said, man, it's a whole different world, man. I, I learned a lot. I, I got a lot. Yeah, like I, I, there's a lot that I, I have to thank the military for. And um, now I'm, you know, getting benefits and certain things for my family and my kids, yeah. you know, cool stuff like that, man. You know, my kids don't have to pay college tuition when, when it's time to go to college. Yeah, um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what, did you, so did you see, com, uh, what year, I'm sorry, you went in, in 2001, what month did you go in, David? Uh, I got to, when, when did I, uh, you want when did I, when I went to Iraq or when I, uh, when, when, I, when you I first went in boot camp? Um, I was in boot camp October, October 9th. Yeah. Okay. Right. Like you said, right after 9-11. Wow. Yeah. 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 I, already, I was, I was in the delayed entry program. Then 9-11 happened and then uh, October 9 came along and I, you know, uh, left on a Monday. I remember, I remember left on a Monday, got there, you know, you don't sleep for like the first, uh, 24 no. um, <laughs> They keep you awake. They keep you awake. They get you to crack and and give yep. up. Give give up some dirt on yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's exactly They're playing yeah. that mind game already. And you're with people from all over, all over the, the U.S. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, and, yeah. And, and it's just it's everything's different. Like you've never, I've never, I was never away from home. I'd never, <clears throat> I'd never, uh, yeah. you know, spent more than you know, a, a month when I was, when I'd go to Mexico and visit my grandparents, right? I never spent more than a month away from my family. 
and then you're still so close. You're only about an hour and a half drive away because when you're on the West Coast, you go to, to uh, Camp was it, uh, MCRD San Diego, right there by downtown San Diego. And then, you know, you're so close, but yet so far. I mean, and you start, you know, you trip out. You're like, holy shit, I'm, I'm really here. I can't believe it, you know? Yeah, and they, right. And everybody's walking around going, yo, you're in, you're in the prison without bars. You're like, fuck. You know? And, <laughs> yeah. You know, reality sets in, man. I remember when I flew, when I first left home to report to boot camp, man, I, I, uh, I went in uh, Illinois. I was out just outside of Chicago, Great Lakes, Illinois. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Up there. yeah, man. December 5th, it was snowing, man. I, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a rude awakening, man. And you really got to man up quickly, you know? You know, so uh, Overcoming You podcast. Big shout out to Josh Canuti. He's in the house, man. Check out Overcoming You podcast, everybody. Super inspirational. Uh, we had him on guest as a guest here a couple weeks ago. So big shout out, man. So so you get to boot camp, bro, and uh, get out of boot camp. When did you uh, report to? So what was your first uh, station or re- duty station leaving boot camp? So after boot camp, it's for the Marine Corps. It's uh, uh, Marine Combat Training or or Marine School of Infantry, depending on what your job is. If you you know if you're a grunt, you go to IT, ITB, Infantry Training Battalion, or you go to uh, Marine Combat Training MCT. Then from there I went to I was I was an artillery man. I went to artillery school at Fort Seal, Oklahoma. Um, shout out to everybody in Fort Seal because there ain't shit really going on out there. Um, where, where at? Fort Seal, Fort Seal, Oklahoma. It's tiny, oh, okay. tiny little place in um, what is it, Southern Oklahoma, city of Lawton, Oklahoma. Um, okay. Okay. Tiny little place, dude. It's like there ain't nothing. Like I think the mall is the size of of the gymnasium, uh, your biggest gymnasium in high school. That's bigger than the mall that they have out there. Uh, come home, join the reserves, um, then get activated, deployment to Iraq. Oh my gosh, dude! So, what were your thoughts uh, going into Iraq, man? When you when you first learned you were going, uh, so when I t- when take I, us through the, those moments. So um, I was dating a woman who's my wife now. Um, we got engaged. Oh, wow. we, we, we eloped, we went to, to, we moved to, we went to Las Vegas and we eloped. Um, I was with okay. her for, for three months and then I had to leave. I left for a year. Um, and wow. yeah, it was hard. It was hard saying goodbye to them. Uh, I'm a very emotional guy, so I cry. I don't care. Call me a bitch. I don't give a fuck. Oh, I man, no, I, my, my, mother, my mother, my father, my sister, um, they all went to drop, to drop me off, you know, with my wife to my unit. Um, we get there, we say, you know, we're, we're saying our goodbyes and then they say, all right, formation. Hey guys, it's time to go. You got five minutes, get your stuff. Let's get on the bus. Um, went, said my final goodbyes to my mom and dad, gave my wife a kiss, jumped on, uh-huh. jumped on the bluebird, went back to 29 Palms. I was already there for three months, went back to 29 Palms. And then two days later we were, uh, uh was it boots on the ground in, in, uh, in Kuwait, yeah, from Kuwait to, and when you get to Kuwait, um, that's a transport base. Then you got to go to Elias Lead. Um, like, there's like two or three different air bases that you got to go through. And then you get to your to the final base where you're either on a convoy or you're heloing in to your base. And we, t- we had to take a convoy and uh, ended up there for, was it seven months, eight months? Wow. Yeah. Wow, man. So, so um, did you see combat? Dude. A lot of combat. Wow. We saw a lot of a lot of fucked up shit. We saw yeah. we saw I saw more 
I'll be honest with you, I saw more. Um, I saw more of the aftermath of combat. Um, you know, helos coming in with dead bodies, um, going on a patrol looking for somebody dead bodies, um, being on the wire, seeing rounders chasing go off, uh, seeing gigantic convoys coming in uh, without stopping because you got blood all over the place. You know, guys all shot up. You know, uh, um, it's a trip, dude. You know, being at the gym, the gym, our gymnasium was next to uh, the, the medical center, the, the hospital. So whenever we had a chance to go, whenever we had a chance to go, we'd go to the gym and then you'd see doctors running in to the gym, all, all covered in blood and everything. Hey, if you're O positive, AB negative, we need you right now. The Marines are dying, need blood. So they really don't have a, you know, they really didn't have a way to store blood that much out there. You know, so we would, uh, um, they had this college called the uh, walking donor program or something like that. If somebody uh -huh. happened to somebody that had everybody's blood type, they say, hey, you got to go give blood right now. Um, wow. Yeah, man. I, I can't imagine, man. I can't even imagine it. So, David, what, take us through your the thought process, man, on, on a daily basis when you're in Iraq, man. You're seeing all this stuff, man. Do you think you can die any moment? Or, I mean, what, yeah, what goes through your mind? So we were fortunate. We had, uh, we were, our, our rotations were probably about two weeks at a time. So you were mm -hmm. on base doing very simple work for two weeks. That was your downtime. That was the time you had time to go call home, uh, write letters, go to the PX, go to the gym, go whatever. Right. And then two weeks, gotcha. where, two weeks where you're either you're out in the field or you're in a FOB forward observation base. Um, that's when it gets crazy. That's when you're out there and, and you're, if you guys get attacked, you're alone for a good 20, 30 minutes before anybody can come in, right? So you got about 15 to 20 Marines guarding the, the FOB because it's either a pump house where we get where we were to get um, water from the Euphrates and send it into the base or another pump house, which is the exact same thing. So it was about you know, from 15 to 15 to 20 Marines and two engineers. The two engineers were the ones in charge of making sure the water would come in whenever they, whenever they, they needed it. And the, the Marines that were there were, were in charge of, um, you know, securing the base. So those were the times when you had, you know, like the hardest times. But every single time you, you would leave, every single time you left the wire, I would always say, you know, my mother would always would always tell me, you know, say, God, wash me, bathe me with your blood and, and protect me. Um, and I'd always say that. And then I would always say, hey, dude, I'm not perfect. If I fucked up in, in any way when I was younger or anything, please forgive me. And if I die here, you know, let me go. Let me let me go to heaven, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. No, that's uh, that's some serious, serious stuff, man. Because uh, you know, you watch the movies, you watch, you know, and I, I even be, like, I was in the military myself, man. But I was on the shit. Uh, but I think when you get to ground warfare, you know, guerrilla warfare, when you're uh, when you're a soldier, and you're on, you're on feet, you're on your feet, and you're humping, and you're in the bush or you're in the desert. Uh, I think that's a whole different pers perspective, man. It's it's no. uh it's different, man. It's like uh um, you know, the guys that the guys obviously the guys out there that saw the majority of of the heavy shit that did all the heavy shit were all special forces operators. You know, we had Navy SEALs going in there. We had um, what is it, uh, first first recon division, uh, going in through there. Um, you know, I was lucky. I had I had a simple job. I go out the wire once a day for two weeks, come home, and go back again once a day for two weeks, go home. Sometimes you go two three times a day. Um, uh -huh. depending on what's going on. Um, you know, for me, I guess one of the roughest times for me was, uh, 
it was New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve, 2005 through 2006. Um, we got rocketed, uh, bombs going off. Bomb almost took everybody out. It was like about 100 feet away from our 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 uh, um, our, our center, from our command center. And, oh wow! Yeah, and then we we had to go out and look for these guys and 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 find out what's going on. And you know, it, that that was crazy. That was one of the craziest times. But uh, you just after after being there for a while, it just becomes routine, man. You just like you know, you hear shit exploding. You're like, you're walking and you see the guys hit the deck and you're like, oh dude, they, don't worry. That's outcome. That, that's all going, not incoming. Or you're just walking. You're like, oh dude, it's, you're, it's far away. Don't worry. They, that's not coming. Don't worry about it. You know, after a while, you just kind of, it just becomes a daily routine. And then you, oh you, my gosh. Yeah. And then you like, you know, it's just, it's, you go about your day and, and when you have time to hang out and relax and, and get some exercise in or do whatever, it was it was it was regular but there was times when you didn't you know there was times when i was awake for three four three or four days at a time you know or finally finally we come back and and we had uh, um a couple hours of sleep you know our, our we're, we were done with our job we were part of a what is it a quick reaction force you know we had gone out we'd done our job and then um hey first qrf second qrf they're gone you guys are on standby get up and you'd have to get up and do it all over again and and you know you go out as soon as you go out as soon as you come back Hey, another mission. Let's go. I'm like, oh, you know, okay. But uh, yeah. it pushes you to the limits. It pushes you a lot. But then, like I said, you really quickly realize, you know, my limitations, they're, those aren't limitations. I, you know, I can do more. And and what I do now as a chef, I translate a lot of that into my career. You know, yeah. when I'm tired, right. when I'm tired and, and I've been up on, on my feet for 12, 14, 16 hours at work, you know, like, okay, cool, whatever. They're saying, right. at least I ain't getting shot at. I'm good. You know, <laughs> so. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. No doubt. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I appreciate what you did, man. You know, because that's, that's uh, to me, that's like, uh, that's, you know, the epitome of being in the military, man. You're, you're being, being a soldier, you know. Um, what, what kind of, um, you had a machine gun, right? I had a saw, uh, a 249 uh, saw. Then we also had was it 240 golfs. We had Mark 19s. Um, my my daily carry was uh, was it a M16 A2. Then we had the M4s. And then we had the nine millimeters. So we did we did, you know we 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 were able to shoot a lot, man. We got a lot of lot of practice shooting. Yeah, I bet, man. I bet. Um, how long were you in? Six years. Six years. So you, so you get out in 2008, 2009, 2007. 2007. Yeah. 2007. So, okay. So you get out of the, the Marine Corps. Um, you never thought, thought about re-upping at all? I did. I did. I did think about it when I got out. Um, I, I remember talking to my wife saying, Hey, listen, dude, I, I, I really like this. You know, I really enjoy this. You know, um, I want to do this as a career. Like, what do you think? And my, my old lady's always been amazing and said, hey, dude, whatever you want to do, I'm down with it. You know, like, I'll support you. I'm here to help you. Whatever whatever you want, let's do it. So uh -huh. I was going to. I was going to re-up. I was going to rejoin, re-up. And then I had just had my first daughter. And then sent me away for a month to a, a it's called a net training, new equipment training. Um, I went away for a month. And I remember I was about to re-up right before. I said, I'll re-up afterwards. Um I was in such a bad place mentally, just leaving my daughter for one month. 
I, I, I said, if I can't even do this for one month, you know, how am I going to do this for a year, two years, you know, how am I going to be gone? So, um, I just didn't, I, I, I walked away, you know, and a little bit, a little bit of me always tells me, you know, maybe you could have done another tour or whatever. My guys mm -hmm. ended up going back to Afghanistan, um, probably about a year, year and a half after I got out, you know, uh -huh. and you have that like, fuck, I should be there. I should be there with them. I was a senior guy, you know, this is my equipment. I know this a lot. Of, I know this a lot better than, of you know, I've been out there, a lot of these guys haven't, you know, and, and, but at the same time, I also, you know, I also think about, Hey man, I, I, everything that I have now is because of the decisions that I made. You can't look, you can't look back at your life. You know, we got a saying, once the rounds down range, you can't get that shit back. No, no. Yeah, no, you got to move forward. I hear you, man. I hear you. Um, so, and by the way, how, how long were you in Iraq before you got out? What was the total time there? Well, last time was, uh, I want to say six, eight months, six, six, seven months. Yeah. Marine Corps, we do six months. We do six months, six to eight months at a time, depending okay. on, if you're on a headquarters. If you're part of a headquarters uh, uh, a unit, which is, is the, the, the operational unit, then you're there for a year. But if you're just there uh, um, as a support element, as the people going out there, whatever, you're not making, you're basically being told what to do and not telling people what to do. Uh -huh. You're there for about six to seven months. Okay. So you were there a total of six to seven months? Yeah. Okay. And then so you can't, you know, after that, you, you were, your regular duty station was in San Diego. Uh, uh, Camp Pendleton? Pico Rivera, California. Really? Yeah. No Marine Corps Reserve Unit is still there. It's right off. Oh, of, okay. Right off, I was right off of South San Gabriel River Parkway. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, okay. I drive by that place still. I stop by and you see you like to smell the nostalgia in the air. Yeah, I bet, man. I bet. Damn, that's crazy, man. I, I can't. Dude, I haven't been back to Seattle or you know my duty station mm -hmm. since since I left, man. Nineteen ninety seven. I haven't been back. I, I want to go back and uh, back to Washington. That's a beautiful place, man. Beautiful place. If you haven't been. Oh uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah. Like me, I'm I'm lucky because every time I was stationed somewhere, it was either Twenty Nine Palms or Camp Pendleton, so I can go there, you know. But like friends of mine that are in like in Boston, right, who were in Twenty Nine Palms with me, they were like, "Hey, we can't go back there." Like, you know, we, we live in 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 Boston. I'm not gonna you know fly to LA just to go to Twenty Nine Palms. Fucking sucks out there, you know. <laughs> Twenty Nine Palms? Why not, bro? That's the spot right there, man. I take I take my kids. Uh, um, take my kids there about once a year you know drive mm -hmm. just we, we don't even get off we just drive by go inside the base drive inside tell them oh daddy was there daddy was here daddy was over there you know and and you know show them the equipment and see and and you know my kids are are, are my kids are they're military kids man they they say thank you to vets every time we go to the to the va they say thank you to the vets thank you for your service um you know they take everything that that we do very serious you know um you know, regardless of what your opinion is of the war or, or of this country or whatever, you know, uh, um, our veterans, you know, we, we do what we did a lot, you know, at, at one point in time. And, yeah. and, you know, some did more than others. A lot did more than I did. I haven't done, I haven't done shit compared to half of these guys, you know, but um, you, you got to always take care of them, you know, because they, they, they decided to, to take the oath and they wrote a check for up into including their life, you know? Yeah, man, no doubt. David, I, I want to ask you, man, because I, I know what I think on this question. Um, would you say that being going to the military is, is 
one of the greatest acts of patriotism that you could that you could uh, commit? Um, I think, think it's up there. I think to a certain standpoint, you know, some people, you know, I have a, um, you know, when I was in high school, I knew a, I knew a teacher who was a dude did like three tours in Nam, right? He was drafted, did three tours in Nam, showed us pictures, all messed up. It was Mr. Aguirre. Um, and when he came back, he came back so disillusioned from from uh, um, the war in Vietnam. I remember he had a daughter who was also a teacher there at the school, and she uh-huh. was totally against against the military, totally against the war. Uh, so I understood her point of view because her father was there. Me as as a, as a father, you know, I, I look back and I think, too, maybe I was a little selfish, you know, um, going out there, putting my parents through the stress that they had to go through. And, I, and now, uh, that, now that I'm a father, I'm like, fuck, what would I do? You know, how would I take that? You know, uh, um, for me, it was, it, it was, I wouldn't even say at that moment in time, I wasn't even thinking about patriotism. I was just thinking about, I was thankful for everything that, that this country had done for, for my family. You know, my, my dad came from Juarez with nothing, came with like 12 bucks in his pocket, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he was able to accomplish. It's very hard, you know, to say where else that could have happened, you know? No doubt. No doubt, man. Yeah, I, I just, you know, my, my personal opinion, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I, not, not to get too, you know, political or anything like that. I, I think that's a, you know, great, great act of patriotism for those who, who love their country, who want to serve their country. Um, I mean, what better way to do it than being in the military? A lot, you get a lot of people who, yeah, I'm, yeah, gung ho, I'm gung ho American, you know, put a flag in their, you know, you know, they'll, they'll fly a flag, the American flag, and, um, you know, it's like, well, okay, well, what have you done for your country? You know, have you, have you, and it's not even so much serving the military. It's just like, okay, have you um, served the community in any way? Have you, uh, you know, um, you know, I demonstrated uh, for a cause, you know, whatever, you know, but I, I don't know. I just wanted to get your take on that, man. I think, as a veteran, I think regardless of what your beliefs are, um, you know, you could be right wing, you could be left wing, you could be Democrat, Republican, Independent. If you stand up for what you believe in, and you you fight in a respectful way, in in, a, in the proper way, and you fight and stand up for for what you believe in, I think it's a beautiful thing. You can have completely conflicting ideologies, but as long, uh-huh. as, as, long as we are doing it in a respectful way, as long as we're doing it in a way that we're not infringing on anybody else's rights, that's for me. That's patriotism as well. You know, I, I served in the military. I'm patriotic. I love my country. I love, you know, um, you know, I love a lot of things that my country stands for. There's a lot of things that I don't agree with, you know, um, but uh, at the end of the day, this is my country and I fought for my country and I, I signed up for my country and, and, you know, I was born here. I was raised here. I'm going to die here, you know? No doubt, man. No doubt, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, man, shifting gears, man. So, you are a chef, now a chef, you know, fast forward to 2020, here we are. And uh, now, as a chef, did you, uh, were you one to cook when you were younger, you know, back yeah. Yeah, in the high days, high school days? I always cooked, man. I always cooked. Like, I love making breakfast. I'd always make, as a kid, I always make breakfast in bed for my parents on their anniversary. You know, my father, uh, he worked during the, the day, my mother worked during the day as well. So sometimes when we were on vacation, you know, I had to stay home with my sister and we had him eat something. So I would cook for her. Uh, um, then growing up, I, I had an interest in, in, you know, being my mom's recipes and doing some, some 
baking and cooking with her. Um, but I never really thought that I would be a chef. And that's, you know, if you had asked me when I was a kid, I wanted to be a cop, one. And then um, when I got older, okay. I wanted to be a lawyer, you know. Well, that was what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to go to law school. I wanted to go, you know, criminal justice, stand up, you know, um, and, and defend people or put people away who I thought were bad, you know. That's what I wanted to do. Never once did I ever think that I would ever be cooking for a living. Wow. Wow. But so who were some of your early influences as a cook? Like you said, you, you cook, you would cook breakfast a lot for your parents. Uh, and stuff um, like that. I would always watch PBS, you know, growing up, we didn't have cable. So I'd watch PBS, uh, uh, Jacques Pepin. Oh, yeah. Um, what's, uh, what's, uh, what's your name? Uh, uh Ray. Oh, fuck that bitch. Eh? <laughs> I, love, yeah, I love her, but like, I'm sorry. Tell us how you really feel, bro. Tell us how you feel. It's like, yo, come on, dude. Like seriously. Pozole. Uh, Pozole, pozole looking like nachos. Oh, but uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, <laughs> was a big was I used to see him on, on PBS all the time. Uh, young young can cook. If young can cook, so can you. Remember? <laughs> young can, who is that? Young PBS. Yeah, it was on PBS. He was a uh, he was a Chinese guy. His name was Yang, oh, and his goes no. off his show. He would say, "If young can cook, so can you." <laughs> what? <laughs> I never. I'm not, I don't recall that, man. Interesting. interesting. Julia Child, my boy Adrian. That's right. Hey, shout out to Chef Adrian, Adrian Vela. Yeah, Adrian yeah. Vela. Shout out. Yeah, what's up, Adrian? Yeah, he's here. Big dog out in New York. Out in New York. Out in uh, Las Vegas. Former yeah, executive yeah. chef for for Catch Las Vegas. Former executive chef for Catch LA. Uh, former. Now he's an executive chef for Yardbird in. Uh, Las Vegas, um, you know, love that guy. The guy, the guy's been very influential in my career. Um, you know, nothing but love for him and his, his beautiful wife and his two beautiful kids. Nothing but love and respect for them. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I no, I throw a shout out to to uh, Henry, uh, hopped up Sinkamis before he gets mad. Henry, I love you, bro. You know, I love you. Uh, Gregory805, you know, everybody, guys, love you guys. Mega Man, Mega Man Podcast. Uh, awesome. Love all you guys. The whole crew's here, man. They're all here. What's up, guys? Yeah, man. You know, my since boy. I, since I started pod podcasting, got an Instagram, man. I've I've met the phenomenal people, man. Phenomenal, bro. And that's why I love this. What I do, man, with this podcast. Diverse city. You know, I love you, bro. Homies. Oh, diverse. Yes, oh, Dorito. Dude, the diverse. dude. He's a diverse. Is a very, very genuinely sweet person, man. Seriously. Uh, um, I'm, I'm dying to meet him in person, man. Dying too, to meet I mean, all, I, all these guys. I haven't met him. I've, I've hang out with him, you know, for the last two months, every Friday on the podcast, right, or, or on the Zoom, oh. drinking beers, had some incredible conversations with them, but never really, never really met him in person. Hopefully, one day I will. Oh, I got to give a shout out to my my little baby girl who I know she's on, Lil Cat Three. That's my as my my firstborn. She's my uh, my YouTuber. Hey, you gotta follow Little Cat Three. I oh, little Cat. Yeah, she was. She was on the uh, she she che she checked in on the live on Instagram, bro. Oh, that's live. Okay, yeah, yeah. Shout out, shout out for sure, man. No, so so, uh, when did you become? When did you say, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna become a chef. This is what I want to do as my career. When did you decide that? So in when I came home from Iraq in '06, I worked in different restaurants, but it wasn't really until was it 2010 that I really, really got serious? Like I quit, I, I was a bartender in LA for years. 
Um, I was a server. Uh, in 2010, I really said, okay, I'm going to stop doing everything. I'm going to, this is how I'm going to support my family. Um, okay. I, was a, I was a young cook. I worked at Valentino restaurant. Then um, I worked for uh, this amazing woman named Desiree Liu. Uh, she's a Chinese woman. She was an incredible, incredible uh, uh, French chef. She's from New York. Okay. Um, she taught me a lot. And, and then she left. I took over the kitchen where she was at. Um, I got an opportunity that just came out of nowhere that I probably wouldn't ever, ever have had if I wouldn't have worked with her in, in that, you know, small style of, of, of kitchen. Um, then I was doing good in my career here in LA. And then I got an opportunity to go to Korea and open up some restaurants Ooh. in Korea. Um, with uh, um, this guy named uh, John John Lee John Yi, um, Korean guy. Uh, he had a restaurant in K Town called uh, No. Uh, was it uh, No uh, Cafe Novel? Uh, okay. Yeah, he took me to Korea. I put up a couple of restaurants out there. Um, then when I came home, I just um, I got my ass kicked in Korea. It was working in Korea totally different than working in here. Also. Yeah, you're working you're working 16 hours a day and then at night the boss Ooh. wants you out to party and you can't tell the boss no so you're drinking <laughs> with the boss for another three hours and you you're you're during your you finally get back to your apartment and it's three in the morning you're like yo bro we gotta wake up in three hours to go back to work oh and we, gosh. Worked, we worked i worked uh was it a month and a half two months straight without a day off and it was like the hour of a zombie man i was just like Ooh. Throwing beers, back, throwing beers back, Red Bulls back, uh, cigarettes, trying to stay awake. You're like, oh, shit, right? Um, <laughs> and you're the chef, right? Uh, yeah, I was. I was. I was a chef. I was a chef for that place. I took. So a you're running in the kitchen. Yeah, I took a friend of mine named Walter. Uh, so you got to be on point. You got to be on point. You're working. I mean, you're 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 the man. You're it. Yeah, and oh, you're and you're just like, fuck. Will this day never end? You know. And they, then the day finally ends, and the boss is like, hey. We're gonna go out, you know. You gotta come with us, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. No, no, you gotta go. And then in Korea, you don't just go out to one spot. You go to three or four different spots. You go there, you eat, you drink, then you gotta go to the next one. And it's like, yo, dude, I'm fucking. I think I fell asleep at a couple of restaurants. Like, wake me up when we gotta go, dude. You know, it's like, I was just tired. And, yeah, and you were in North Korea, right? Just kidding, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what's funny? You know what's funny though. You know so how many people always say. Oh, in North Korea? I go, no. I, I would not be alive if I would have gone. No. No, I was in, uh, I was in Seoul. Uh, I was in Gangnam. Okay. I was there for the Opam Gangnam style uh, uh, for when that was like, you know, the shit out there. Oh, uh, what the heck's the song? Uh, Gangnam style. What the heck? Yeah, whoop, 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 yeah. whoop. Like in Gangnam style. Oh, I love that feeling. Yeah, every time I tell people, I'm like, yeah, I lived in I lived in Gangnam. And they're like, oh, like the song? Like, oh, from Gangnam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I think that video, man, is still oh, the I most watched. Video. I know. It's the most watched uh, video in, in, on YouTube. Fucking video, bro. Billions of views, bro. Billions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Did you, you take your family out there, bro? No. So the plan was I was supposed to go out there. For I was only supposed to go out there for two or three months. I went a couple times, um, and then I would go, come back, go, come back, and then my the boss, the main guy out there, guy whose name was uh, everybody calls each other by their last name. His name was Chong or Ch Chong or, or 
Troy, Troy, Troy. His name was Troy. Um, he wouldn't. He didn't speak English. He had a translator, right? Super rich guy. He owned in Korea. Owned uh, the equivalent to Enterprise Rent a Car here in the states. Okay. That, that's what he owns in Korea. Yeah, super rich guy. Um, he's like, I want you to come out here. I want you to, you know, bring your wife, your children. I, you know, I want you to open up more of these places. Whatever you want, you know, we'll give you house, chauffeurs, everything. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, fuck yeah, you know. I felt like a celebrity. Yeah. And then uh, I came home, told my wife, and my wife's like, I'm not going. I'm like, why? I go, it's a great opportunity. She goes, you, we know nobody in Korea. You tell me you work six to seven days a week. I'm going to be there by myself every day with the kids. I don't speak Korean. Like, what the hell am I going to do out there? And I'm just like, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. But, but uh, um, good from, there, from there, I just traveled. I uh, worked in Baja, worked in, 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 in I was at Todos Santos. Um, I went to, was it worked all, all over the U.S. I uh, recently came back from New York. I was in New York for a couple, for like a month or two, working out there with a high-end catering company. Um, okay. Then, uh, but um, I had, a, I owned a restaurant in Las Vegas for, for a little bit. Um, That's right. Under, owned a mountain restaurant in Vegas for a little bit. Um, I was very young, very, very naive, very stupid, very um, trusting of my partner and, and bit me in the ass um, and uh, just working around LA, man, just working, hustling, you know, cooking in my house. I built a, I redid my kitchen, built a beautiful kitchen. Um, I cook here every day. Um, I, I been able to have been very, very uh, uh, lucky to have built up some good relationships with some people, with some uh, um, produce and protein vendors. So I get all the good shit that everybody wants. I get it and I cook it at my house, you know, working on recipes, just trying to stay busy. Man. No doubt, man. No doubt. So where, where are you working now, brother? Right now, I'm the executive chef for a place called Spring Place in Beverly Hills. It's a private Spring place. Yes, Spring Place. It's a private members club. Um, it's a what is it? They're, they're, their whole thing is shareable workspace, but because of COVID, they can't do that. So we've had to put a big emphasis on our restaurant. But uh, I've been off of work for about was it three weeks? Um, okay. It's been it's been tight at work. It's been tight at work because of COVID, and um, yeah. I have. Uh, I've been very fortunate, you know, in my career. Um, I've been very fortunate to have made some good investments and to save some money. So um, my guys, you know, I have guys that I brought that need the money. You know, they have families, they have kids, they 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 need the money more than I do. So I volunteered to take some time off so that they can, you know, pay their bills. And then now I'm now uh, because of this whole COVID lockdown coming in on Wednesday, I'm pretty sure. Um, everybody's going to be getting laid off. So at least they were able to make some extra money for a couple of weeks, which makes me happy, you know? Um, oh, yeah. yeah but, Good for uh, you, man. That's noble, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, what, what, um, what, what has been some of your favorite, what have been some of your favorite places to, to work, man? Maybe top three. Can you narrow it down like that? So my, my, my number one best place to work was uh, when I worked at Napa Valley grill with uh, Chef Adrian Vela. Um, he was very influential in my career. He, he is, has been and is very influential in my career. Um, I met him about six years ago. Um, well, okay. I, I just lost my restaurant in Las Vegas. Um, I just lost my, my basically my entire life savings. 
I came home. I had a, a new house. We had just moved, bought our house, just moved in here. Um, I needed a job. You know, I had bills, bills don't wait for nobody. Right. And, and I, I went to go work for him. I, I, you know, there was an ad out. I answered it. I went to go cook. They liked my food. They asked me to come work for him. I went oh. and uh, um, he changed my world, changed my life. I didn't think I wanted to do this anymore. Um, I, you know, I was just so just disillusioned over the whole thing, you know. Of course. Uh, and uh, the guy changed my life around, and and he changed my way of thinking, changed my my the way that I cook my food, and uh, became a very good friend of mine, and and love the guy very much. So I'll, I'll always sing his praises because if it wasn't for him, um, I would not be able to do the stuff that I do now. And, and this was up north in Napa Valley, you said? Uh, here, here in West LA. Um, oh, was, the name of the restaurant's called Napa, yeah, Napa Valley. Valley. Then um, working at Sophia's um, with Desiree Lou was 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 uh, probably my second. I'm sorry, that's probably my third. My second favorite place was working with Chef Stephen Kelt here on Melrose um, called Spartina. It's an Italian restaurant. I really, really loved working there. It was a lot of work. It was very satisfying. The food was amazing. Um, Chef Stephen Kelt was a... Uh, uh, He's a good guy. He is a good guy. You know, um, he's a, a older gentleman. He's about what, 60, 67 now. Um, a world of knowledge. Um, incredible, incredible, incredible world of knowledge. Um, can be tough on you, but I uh, really enjoyed working there. And, and that was probably one of the funnest places I worked because as a chef, you want to cook, you want to work, you want to be there all the time. And when you're when it's not busy, you're just like, oh, fuck, I don't want to be here. But there, but there, you didn't have time. That you didn't have time to uh, uh, to to rest. I mean, I mean, you when it was busy, it was busy, and it made the day go by so quickly because you're just like, wow, this is amazing. This is what cooking's all about. So it was, that place was real fun. That's awesome, man. That's a, yeah, big shout out to Chef uh, Vela, man, Adrian Vela. Uh, and so, how many cuisines, different types of cuisines, do you know how to? If anybody asks me what am I, if I needed to go head to head with somebody where I'm going to get killed or my kids are going to get killed, I'm going to tell them Italian food. Let's go. Mm, really? Yeah. I, I love making pastas by hand. I love uh, making bread by hand. I really enjoy all that that comes with it. Um, I love French food. French food is really good. Adrian is a complete French chef. He worked with Joel Robuchon and he influenced me a lot. With uh, uh, with his techniques and everything, um, I really do like that. I grew up eating Mexican food. I grew up eating Latino food. It's something I'm really getting into now um, because of my background and my culture. And I had a a big loss in my life in June with my grandfather passing away, and he was extremely instrumental in my life in, in my development as a child. And and doing all everything that I'm doing now, I feel like a very big reconnection with him, even though he's no longer here. I feel that connection when I see the food that he would make and the food that that uh, uh, um, we would eat, the food that he would take me to the markets to go eat. So that's that's something I'm getting really into. I grew up going to Baja every weekend with my father. Every weekend with my father, I grew up going to Baja, Rosarito, Ensenada, Puerto Nuevo. I would go to the Valle de Guadalupe when there was only four wineries before it became cool for everybody to go there. Yeah, <laughs> I used to I used to go hang out and eat at Benito Molina's restaurant before. Anthony Bourdain blew that shit the fuck up. You know, Mercado oh. Negro. I used to hang out there every freaking, every other day going into the fish markets. So um, 
you know, that, that all that upbringing was very influential in, in my career. Awesome, man. That's so, I got, I got a, uh, oops, wrong one, but Pike Cruiser, Pike Cruiser has a question, man. What's up, what's up? For, uh, for, for you, David, why do our military men always end up becoming chefs after serving our country? I know 15 friends or family members who are chefs. Because it's, it's so similar to being, to being in the fucking military. There's cursing, there's yelling, there's drinking, there's a bunch of uh, uh, testosterone being thrown around there. And at the end of the day, um, it, it's very, very fulfilling, you know. Uh, um, but the, the, you, I mean, you need to get to a certain time. It's not easy, man. It it's, takes years. It takes many years. I know a lot of people who, who went to culinary school um, that were ex-military, that went there, to, you know, to, that are ex-military. And they lasted three to four years in this career because this career, this career is, is, it's a total mind and body just, you know, uh, pounding every day. You know, it's a, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, I talk a lot about mental health, uh, uh -huh. mental health in this, in this career, in this industry. It's the most important thing in the world, you know, it, because it's so mentally frustrating sometimes. Um, and, and it's difficult. But at the end of the day, you know, as Marines, as ex-military members, we, you know, in our minds is there's a mission and we need to complete the mission. So that, that's probably, a, that's, I guess, the best question, the best response I can give to that question. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I have a lot of respect for what you do, man, because I, I worked in the military, in the military, I worked in the restaurant business for two years. I was a busboy and uh, I saw firsthand, man, you know, what goes down in a restaurant, you know. Uh, elephant Bar, I don't know if you're, you remember Elephant Bar. Oh, dude, you kidding me? I used to get fucked up at Elephant Bar when I was 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real quick shout out to Gabby. Uh, uh, hopped up seeking Mrs. Girlfriend. I love you, Gabby. Sweet woman, incredible woman. Going to be a doctor, hopefully, in the next couple of years. Amazing. Nice. Yeah, th shout out to Gabby. Shout out to Joe Sanchez here. Good buddy, good friend of mine is here. Big, big uh, Bruin fan, big uh, Dodger fan. And... Um, yeah, man, it's uh, like I said, man. I, I worked in the restaurant for two years. I have a lot of respect for what you guys do, man. That is serious work, bro. Serious well, work, man. So think about it like this, right? It's probably the hardest job in the restaurant because you're working on your feet twenty four seven, and in order to get to certain to a certain, in order to be able to provide the food that you need, there's a lot of things that go on in the background, right? Yeah, we get we get no tips. We are very underpaid. So all every single cook that I know has three to four jobs. Yeah. A morning job, an evening job, and then a morning <laughs> and evening job for their two days off. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, no. so um, and, and we're not, uh, people don't go into the kitchen. We don't get the praises, the servers. This is great. Oh, thank you. Cool. They're the ones that are great. We, you know, they get their tips because of us. And because of the bar, because they're giving them wine, beer, whatever, you know, but uh, uh, it's extremely, extremely difficult job. And, and uh, um, it's, it's, you know, the reward for it is, is yeah, you get paid hourly, right? But that's oh. all you get. When you work as a, as a server, you get your, you know, your minimum wage. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're taking home two, 300 bucks sometimes. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. The guy that's, that's cooking your food is lucky if he gets a quarter of that or half of that, you know, think about it. The highest paid, one of the high, a really good paid cook in LA, 20 bucks an hour, right? Depending on where you're at. 
Some some can go up to 22, 23, 24, 25, but depending oh. on where you're at, 20 bucks an hour. He's only working six hours. So was that 120 bucks, right? Mm -hmm. Well, then he has to go to work make 120 bucks. So then the other person that, that that's a server for doing six hours, yeah, they're making a minimum wage, but at the end of the day, he's going home with two, three hundred bucks. Right, right. So, I mean, it's like so you start thinking about it. You know, when I when I gave up being a bartender and a server, I took a gigantic pay cut. That's when I had to start working two two jobs at uh, you know one in the morning, one in the afternoon to be able to make up some of that money. You know, and and it's hard. Everything's against you. It's hard. People are always trying to cut your throat to get ahead. People are throwing you under the bus to get ahead. It's it's up to you to you know sink or swim. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But we I had um, uh, Vanessa couple of weeks ago she was on she was he's a chef chef Vanessa uh, chef and queen she has her own little uh, uh, meal prepping business and she delivers food and uh, she went to I think uh, Long Beach City College got her the culinary arts school got her chef uh, certificate there and everything and no she was explaining it how it, it's a it, being a chef man it's a, a complete lifestyle man it's a lifestyle it's you know you sacrifice a lot of your time you know personal time it's a grind, man. So, I, like I said, I got a lot of respect for you, man. What you so, do. you know, when COVID first started, um, when COVID first started, oh, you know, a lot of people in, in Los Angeles and Las Vegas um, were laid off, right, because of the restrictions. So, my boy Adrian, um, I don't know who was laid off, and he's like, hey, dude, like, you know, what are you doing? I got laid off, bro. He was like, hey, want, you guys want to come down? And I'm like, Oh, you know, we shouldn't really go because he goes, dude, I, I haven't left my house. I go, you know, I haven't left my house either. He goes, you guys want to come down, come down. And I remember that was the first time that I ever spent time with him in his house where we were there for a week. And he was, he was having an incredible time with his wife and his kids. You know, he was, it was, it was like, for him, it was a blessing because um, he was able to spend time with his wife and his kids. And that, we sat down that day and we had a great conversation. He goes, dude. I miss work, but I'm in, I'm loving the time with my kids. I never have that. We don't. We work sometimes. I, I work with Adrian where there was a time where we worked, I think it was like 47 days, 57 days straight. And you're talking, you're talking, you know, 12, 14 hour days until I finally said, like I told him, I'm not going to take a day off to you take a day off. He goes, well, I'm not going to take a day off to you take a day off. Finally, one day I said, bro, I, I'm, I'm, I, don't know, I don't even know how I got here. I need to sleep tomorrow. You know, that's, and that's very common. We don't spend time with our wife and our kids. You know, yeah. Yeah. Right? it's hard. It's hard. It's very difficult, especially if you have children. It's like you're working so much. When you're not working, they're at school. You know, it's it's like your days off, you, you work holidays, weekends, nights. Right. You know, um, when I work with him, when I was a CDC at Catch, Catch LA, um, dude, I didn't see my kids for... I wouldn't see them for five days. You know, I wouldn't see them for five days. Yeah. I would see them on my days off. And on my days off, they were at school. So I'd only see them for four to five hours a day, two days a week. You know what I'm saying? So right. that, that was the hard part. Yeah, no, no, that's that's no joke, man. That's not uh yeah. So now what what's in um what's your what what are your plans here, David, for the next year to three years, man, as a chef? Well, I mean, yeah, I know there's a lot going on with the COVID stuff and, you know. So for me, um, for the next probably three years, 
I would love to be the owner operator of my own restaurant again, even if it's a small place. Um, I would love to do that. Uh, uh, I'm working towards that goal. Hopefully in the next, uh, you know, month or so, I, you know, I would love to come back on there and be able to announce something, you know, we'll see. But, uh, um, for me, honestly, man, for me, it's all about, uh, like I said, I had a lot, I had a big personal loss this year, um, June with my grandfather. He was, uh, extremely influential in my life. Um, mm -hmm. and, and he passed away, uh, kind of, kind of because of COVID because, uh, um, when the restrictions came down, all of his medical appointments were, were canceled and we didn't find out that he had cancer for six or seven months. So um, he passed away and I'm just, I'm taking some time right now uh, for the, at least for, for the next three weeks, I know I'm not gonna be able to go back to work because of restrictions, right? Um, personally, right? Personally, I believe, personally, this is gonna go on a little bit more because we're in the winter time and the whole COVID, you know, the COVID-19 love being, you know, uh, um, in, 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 you know, during the winter time loves being inside and shit like that. So um, I appreciate sure it's gonna go on a little longer. So for me, all I'm doing, so cooking every day, um, hanging out with my kids. And uh, the mole that I made today, that's amazing. That's that's probably the best mole I ever made. I'll probably do it again tomorrow just because I don't I don't stop when I think something is good. I want to keep going. I want to push the envelope. So I order food. I order, uh, I call my meat guy. I go, I need 10 this, five that, eight of this, 10 of these. I call my my my, my produce vendor. I'm going to throw a shout out to Nature's Produce and Premier Meat, Sandy Rocker. Um, Ryan, I love you. Ryan, Ryan Belaski, you know, they're great. I call them up. Yeah, it's right here. Come get it. Boom. You know, and I just stay home and I cook, you know, I would love to, to get to the point where I have my own restaurant again. I'd love to get to the point where I can uh, um, get some kind of sponsor so I can cook a little bit more in my house to provide more meals. Cause I do, I, I cook in my own home and I provide meals to people sometimes, you know, um, I help people out. I, I buy produce and meat and I give it to, to people who are less fortunate because, you know, I've been very fortunate in my career. I've been very unfortunate. Um, but uh, I'm right now sitting sitting pretty and, and I'm fine financially, thank God. But there's a lot of people out there who aren't. And if I can help them in any which way, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm here to help out, you know? No doubt, man. Absolutely, man. You're, you're a noble man, David, man. I appreciate you, man. Uh, you have a very cool, inspirational story. Okay. You know, been through the military, growing up in LA, um, now a chef, man, you've worked all over the world. Um, I want to thank you, man, for coming on, for taking the time here on the, um, special Thanksgiving edition of Profile Pod TV, man. I thought it was perfect timing to have you come on, man, because yeah, obviously it's Thanksgiving. It's, we're going to be eating. It's, uh, goes hand in hand. Food and food. What are you eating for Thanksgiving? Oh, man, we're, we, we do the traditional, uh, turkey, you know, the stuffing, gravy, uh, biscuits, really? all that, uh, you know. My mom's, from El, my mom's from El Salvador. Shout out to Andrea and Vela, Pupusas. I know you love them, bro. Um, my mom's from El Salvador. She does traditional Salvadorian turkey, bro. So we don't eat turkey. We eat them and we eat sandwiches. So, really? Yeah, yeah we, they, they, they call it chumpipe. We fucking, they, they, they marinate this shit in some crazy ass shit. They put some tomato sauce on that motherfucker. It's cooked. We grab it. We make sandwiches. We dip it in the juice. And uh, uh, um, that's what we eat. Then we eat arroz frijoles, mashed potatoes. Everything, all the traditional stuff too, but but we eat it old school, old school like if we were back in 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 in, in the Salvador shit. Oh, that's cool, man. No, that's awesome, man. I I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. No, we you know we're Mexican growing up. Uh, yeah, we we've always been 
traditionalists, you know, as uh, you know, as Americans here, um, you know, it's always been Turkey, bro. You know, my my parents were both born in, um, you know, Mexico, Zacatecas, shout out, and uh, my whole both both sides of the family kind of, uh, you know. Uh, Americanized the the meal, so we, we we jumped on the American bandwagon. Yeah, it's a trip. That's one. That's the the one meal that your traditional, you know, native people would. They'll they're like, fuck it. I want I want to, I want gravy. Where's the stuffing? In my <laughs> in my home, my my mom was like, fuck that. This turkey sucked. We're, we're gonna eat it this way. <laughs> love it, bro. Here. Love it, man. That's the only way I eat it, bro. I've never. I think I had a traditional turkey uh, uh, dinner one time at my dad's uh, sister's house and that was the only time. Everything else has always been, you know, panes con chumpe, bro. <laughs> oh, man. I, I guess a couple of comments from uh, Gabriela Sanchez. Uh, Henry, thanks for the invite. Uh, David, te queremos mucho. I am anxious to try one one day the food you cook. Oh, she's, she's an amazing person. Love her. Absolutely, absolutely. Big shout out to Gabby. Open a food stand now, David. We will support you on your new ventures. Beer and food goes there, goes goes good together. So uh, everybody wants you to. They can't wait, brother. That's the plan. Beer and food. Yeah, hopefully, man. In a, hopefully, in the next couple of months, I can say something about what I'm trying to work on. But uh, until then, I keep my mouth shut. But uh, beer and food, craft beer and food. That's the plan. That's awesome, brother. That's it, Dave. Before you go, where, where can uh, where can we follow you? Where can the people? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at El Chefe DV. Um, Instagram is pretty much that. That's the the main profile I use. I have another one called the uh, NPW Kitchen Consultants, but uh, they're kind of linked up. You can follow me there and uh, dude, drop me a DM if any. You know, um, anytime you want, you know, you need uh, questions on a recipe or something like that. Also. I'm a big guy that believes in, in mental health. So if, you, if you're ever feeling you're in a crisis or something and you think people don't understand, do DM me. I don't know you. I won't judge you. I'm, I'll listen, whatever. I'm here to help. If uh, uh, you're going through some COVID struggles and you need help, um, you know, with whatever, you know, I'm here. I can help you. Um, I'm not a rich person, but I'm more than happy to, to help with any meals that I can and help out in any way, guys. Anything, you know, we're here. We're all here together. One world, one love. And uh, thank you guys so much for for support. And hopefully, in the next uh, couple months, weeks, years, or whatever, um, you know, we can all, all support each other. And hopefully, I can I can become a little bit more successful, and I can uh, launch something of my own again. Oh, no doubt, no doubt, man. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you for saying that, man. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what, what I'm going to be following you and. You know, we'll be staying in touch, of course. And uh, but uh, yeah, hopefully we all get to meet in person soon, man. Sooner than later. And twenty twenty one is going to be a big year, man. I don't care what anyone says. So. Twenty twenty has sucked, so twenty twenty one has to be fucking good, dude. Yeah, yeah. What goes, you know, it has to come back up. Whatever goes down must come up, right? And uh, yeah. so, but I want to thank all everyone in the comments for being here, man. Uh, Henry. Greg, uh, you know, Gabby, Joe, uh, who else, man? Pie Cruiser was here, man. Uh, let's see, let's see. I'd like to give a shout out. Zero, that's right, Zero came through. Mega Man came through. Zero. Uh, Overcoming You Podcast, Josh Canuti was, was in here. Um, big shout out to all you guys, man. So Above the Hook came through. And uh, who am I missing? Who am I missing? Anybody else? Uh, Tyrone, my good friend Tyrone came through out of uh, Oxnard. So, yeah, man. Hey, David, man, thanks again, brother, for taking the time, man. I'm looking forward to um, growing a friendship with you, man. And, uh, yeah, man, I can't thank you enough. So, 
Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you for having us and keep up the good work, you know, dude, you know, promoting yourself, promoting people. Keep it up, dude. Don't don't get discouraged. Keep it going, man. Keep it going. Dude. Seriously, there's, you know, hopefully there's a lot of people that are going to be able to come on your show and be able to promote themselves and, and help you promote yourself and everything, dude. Seriously, thank you for the love. Thank you for the conversation. Thank you for everything, man. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you, man. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome, man. There you guys have it, Mr. David Velez. Los Angeles renowned chef. Check him out. Follow him on Instagram. Check him out. Um, thank you so much once again, David. For myself, Double A, don't forget to subscribe to Profile Pod TV. Go hit that little red button if you have not subscribed yet. Do me the favor. Go subscribe. Go support the, the, the podcast. Support the show. If you if you enjoyed the show tonight, go go uh, show me show me some love by just uh, subscribing because we're gonna we're gonna continue rocking every week with excellent, excellent guests, as you just saw tonight, Mr. David Velez. And um, so we got, we got, uh, I'm going to be, we're going to take off this week. We typically go Tuesday nights, but, um, you know, tonight, this is a special week, uh, Thanksgiving, obviously. So we brought in David and, um, you know, that was awesome. Uh, so we'll be back the following Tuesday, December 1, December 1. And that's going to be a great uh, show. We're going to kick off of that. We're going to kick off December and like I said, we're going to have some great guests to finish off the year. So uh, once again, man, big shout out to everybody who's here. If you're watching on the replay, thank you so much. If you're watching, um, you know, if you're listening uh, to the audio version, thank you as well. And a million thanks to all of you who are here live in the comments. So um, again, go uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow us on Instagram. You know, subscribe, all that good stuff. I love, love getting feedback from all the listeners, the viewers the audience man that's the most important thing because yeah without an audience man i don't care if you, you have a podcast or a blockbuster you know 100 million dollar movie uh, without an audience it, there's nothing so um, i always uh, keep that in perspective and I'm, I'm really really appreciative of that pie cruiser thank you man as always thank you man big pie cruiser is a big supporter of, of profile pot tv uh, joe thank you man i appreciate it Motiv being motivated and positive absolutely absolutely uh, for David Velez, I'm Double A. Wishing you guys a happy Thanksgiving. Have a great week, everybody. Stay safe. We'll be seeing you. Uh, I'm going to do some lives here throughout the week. Yeah, brief, brief lives. Just to um, you know, stay stay connected with everybody. Um, big thanks again to everybody who came out last night for the Double uh, A Social Hour on Profile Pod TV Instagram. So uh, once again, thank you, everybody. We will see you in about a week in two days, man. For David Velez, I'm Double A. Always remember to take it. Easy.